cliffcentral.com. Hey, George Meany, how the hell are you? I'm hell of a fine, thank you, Gareth. <laughs> That's good. That's good stuff, George. We we need you to be hella fine. Otherwise, we're not going to start our weekend right. Okay, exactly. so George, what's uh, what's going on? What's uh, what's news? Hello, Rianne. Um, oh, uh, George. God, me too. Um, just be, be, before I get into uh, what what's is that a caricature behind Bolero? No, that's, that is the the painting that Picasso painted of me with his penis. Oh wow. That's sex, but it's one of my it's one of my um, greatest treasures. That's why I keep it in the storeroom at Cliff Central. Okay, wow, uh, in the storeroom. Um, so uh, <laughs> you don't seem, George, you don't seem to take me seriously when I say that it's my greatest treasure. I don't think I, you believe I, me, George. I do believe you. Absolutely, do believe you. You know those um, blue those blue marks on that painting uh, that make up the background. You see that those are his ass cheeks. Those oh, blue yes. marks. <laughs> Those I are his watched ass him do this. <laughs> yeah, Leanne actually watched. She she got a close up view of him doing this. He did it in studio, and uh, presented oh, yeah. it presented with it, a bow it, afterwards. He presented it like you know, like a, when a royal uh, portrait is made, and then they they move the little curtain aside, and the uh, queen goes, "Yeah, very nice." That's kind of how I felt. They they presented this portrait to me. Hmm. Right. Very, very nice. Hmm. Um, nonetheless, moving on from uh, uh, Picasso to taxi hey, companies. You, you asked, George. I was going okay. to create a nice gap between you and Mr. Sexpo, so it wasn't awkward and uncomfortable. But you brought up the painting, so now you know. I did because it's there on the screen next to Bolero. Um, <laughs> I'm a professional. I'm a professional. I was, I was creating the right aesthetic. We're on YouTube. Now. That's right. Damn straight. <laughs> All right. Anyway, a, a, a taxi company in Bangkok, yes. Thailand, um, uh, almost went out of business during lockdown. And, uh, you know, this, 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 this move that they made, uh, you, you, you might think that it's for profit, but it wasn't. So what they did was they had a fleet of taxis that owed money on these taxis and, uh, uh the taxi company was struggling to make ends meet, pay its employees. So, mm-hmm. uh, it took the fleet of taxis and, uh, created gardens on top of the roofs of the taxis. Now you can imagine in a parking lot, a bunch of taxis standing uh, side by side and, uh, and all gridlocked. Um, and they, and they turned the roofs of these taxis into gardens to grow vegetables, chili peppers. And then they put tires on the top of these taxi roofs, filled them with water so that frogs could um, start to grow. This is uh, this is amazing. Is this called the Greta Thunberg taxi rank now? Because I believe <laughs> is that is that is that true? That's what I heard. Uh, I don't know what the name of the the, the or the new name of the taxi rank is, but uh, um, Greta Thunberg. I've, I'll yeah. I'll check it out, Gareth. But uh, they, they did this in order to feed their employees. Not to, they said they were going to try and sell the leftovers, but they did it to feed their employees um, and and to and to keep everybody afloat. And then hope. Well, they, I mean, they they grew frogs, which I, yeah, I think in time actually. Frog. So it was a frog farming, plant growing. Taxi rank. I mean, I could see South Africa with our taxi ranks. We could create a whole biosphere in this country if we could do something like this. But if we could do something like this, those are the key words. And I somehow don't see the taxi buses in South Africa being particularly environmentally attuned. Or do you think I'm being sarcastic and cynical, uh, Leanne Bulelo? What do you think? You think there's a chance that the taxi buses I'm in South I'm just imagining... Africa- 
I'm just imagining our already tall taxis with tall millie stalks <laughs> and getting crushed underneath bridges. <laughs> I don't see it working. Uh, yeah, All right. I don't know. Work in South Africa. I don't. Uh, yeah, the, I mean the ta- taxis have operated here non stop. Uh, you know, remember in Thailand and uh, in that area, the taxis are very reliant on um, uh, uh, tourism. Whereas in yes. South Africa, it's commuting. So you know, I don't think in South Africa it would our taxis would ever well, stop. Well, well, just I mentioned Greta Thunberg because I do want to show you the cover of Scandinavian Vogue, where she features on the cover with a horse in a forest, and it says. At the bottom, the wonders of Greta Thunberg, which I think is just so marvelous, isn't that lovely? That's hero That's a worship. A lot, lot of paper used to make those those magazines. Oh, yeah, with that, Leanne. Don't spoil everybody's fantasy. No wonders. They must, of a they, must stop, they must stop trotting out this poor girl and using her as a prop for their their causes. She it's was out and about just yesterday at a at uh, some conference, and. Um, uh, the UK Prime Minister was there, and she was t- oh, saying to him how never she, they've they've ruined children's lives. Yeah, never before have we seen a child's life ruined quite as much as we've seen it happen with Greta Thunberg. You've never seen such a miserable, unhappy human being who should be enjoying her childhood, and all she is is complaining about the environment the whole time and moaning <laughs> oh, about how we're God. ruining. What a sad. She has a, what a she sad has a purpose. Her parents should be arrested for child abuse, but that's no. My- come on. Yes, I'm telling you. Back to you, George. Let's go on to the important stuff. Well, talking about uh, strange people from Florida, um, and uh, uh, a man tried to trade a car into a dealership. Uh, mm-hmm. Sat down, wanted to buy a new car, had his uh, current car, and uh, the dealership put the VIN number into their system. And it turned out that that man stole that car from that very dealership the week before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. George, I meant to ask you because I've heard stories about this. You know, sometimes people sell cars that they don't actually own. So I'm sure that you guys have security protocols in place with AutoTrader, but there are dodgy people like in any business who probably try to sell cars that they actually don't own that are either stolen or that haven't transferred properly from one person to another that, you know, the right forms haven't been filled in. Um, there must be a bit of that that goes on, especially in a country like this, right? There's a lot of, uh, uh, I mean, I would say, I I wouldn't say the majority, but there's a, there's a lot of unscrupulous dealings going on where, uh, uh, you know, you, you have to, you have to be careful, but the majority of dealers, um, you know, uh, the ones on order trader anyway, um, uh, uh, do check out where the car comes from and, um, and they have mechanisms and processes where they, when they buy the car, they check that the car isn't stolen because, I mean, you can imagine, even if you, if you bought a car and you paid money for it and it's a stolen car, the police can come and fetch it and they couldn't care what you paid for it. Um, they'll impound right, it. Exactly. And then you lose all your money that you've paid over to the other person. Exactly. So, you got uh, to be careful, but, uh, but a, a reputable dealer would have checked the car out before they bought it, which means that it's okay to buy it from them. Right. Uh, I think, I think uh, you know, you'll get, a, you'll get a gut instinct. What I always advise or, um, or encourage people to do is mm-hmm. if, if you're going to buy a car from a dealership, go and look at what their reputation looks like online. 
because right. that's going to give you an indication of whether this is a reputable dealer or not. Uh, um, you know, and if they've built a good reputation on uh, on social media and they're engaging with their uh, their customers, chances mm-hmm. are they're not going to be dodgy. Whereas if they're non-existent online, I mean, how can somebody be non-existent online in the 21st century or 22nd century? Um, it, I, I, I think it's just if you if you if there's a void there, you, there's question marks in my mind. And George, is there like an SABS uh, type of bureau where we can go and check out accredited people like yourself? Or, or is it just at the moment uh, we just got to do our own research? You, you know what I mean? Where I can go and see that like Auto Trader are an accredited place. Is there a list where I can look at 50 accredited people or, or not? Yes. So there, there are industry bodies in the automotive industry in South Africa. Um, and uh, there's a few of them. Um, you know, franchise dealers belong to the National Automobile uh, uh, Dealers Association and uh, so do independent dealers, um, as well as NAMSA, the uh, National Association for Automobile Manufacturers of South Africa. So mm-hmm. there are industry bodies that you can, can, can go and see whether the dealer is a member of those. Uh-huh. Um, okay. But being a member of those uh, you know, you can imagine you can be a member and then become a, become dodgy or do something dodgy, and that organisations yeah. never know that you've become dodgy. So, so you've got to do your own research as well. Listen, just I can't believe it's taken us how, how many episodes of of having you on the show before we eventually got to the point where we brought this up because it's quite a big deal, and uh, you know you, you've just shared quite a lot of really useful information with people that they may not have considered before. Well, exactly. It's, uh, yeah. you know, you, you buying a car, it's a big, big, big outlay. And, uh, and if you buy a stolen car, you're going to lose the money um, because the, the police are just going to take it from you. Damn right. Not All right what, else you, what else have you got for us? Um, finally, Gareth, and uh, uh, this is happening in South Africa, maybe not to the degree that it's happening in the UK, but uh, Auto Trader UK has reported that uh, inquiries for electric cars have gone t- uh, up to 1.8 times, uh, sorry, one, every 1.8 minutes, there's a search for an electric car over the last weekend. And it's, wow. it's up 36% from the weekend before, and that is as a result of the fuel shortage in the UK. Oh, yes. That fuel shortage is such a big deal. Apparently, Boris Johnson was on the phone to the Queen and she answered and said, yes, I I drove a truck during the war. Why do you ask? Because they've got such shortages that they're looking for lorry drivers to help deliver fuel to the various fuel stations. So it's a real problem, huh? It's a real, real problem. And uh, as a result, consumers have responded. And, and, you know, we saw this at lockdown in South Africa at the beginning of last year, where a consumer behavior and shopping behavior changes almost instantaneously. That's why, you know, if you run a business and you don't have your fingers on data, um, yeah. um, with the ability to see what your customers are doing, you can't, you can't make changes three months down the line. Literally, these things happen overnight. And we saw it yeah. at the beginning of lockdown last year. Uh, um, and literally one weekend to the next, when this fuel shortage started to happen, what did, what did consumer search do? Switch to electric cars. Amazing. That's the kind of catalyst that you, you need to make people change their behavior. You're not going to do it with propaganda and persuasion. Exactly. Data, 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 data. Well, George, as always, fascinating to have you on, and thank you for being on the show today. Cliffcentral.com.